Hello, you are listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City. I'm sitting here, friends, in my flat, in my apartment. I finally got one, and I realize that I have been on the road living temporarily from place to place for the last seven years of my life. We're going to call this episode, How to Live Out of a Suitcase for Seven Years. Well, so here I am. Um, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, and it is a neighborhood that uh, I know very well. I moved here in 2001 and had a studio with Eric and our first band, Pela, out in a, a place that I've discussed before and uh, called Red Hook. And basically, it's a waterfront type of place. There's no train here. So you hear a lot of like distant uh, foghorns and, and boat sounds. Um, basically, I think that, you know, the, the song Avenue is, is written about uh, me trying to get off of uh, the street called Columbia Street where I was bartending and it was just like just kind of waiting, 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 waiting for it to happen. And it was sort of a Shawshank Redemption situation where I was just biding my time and I knew one day it would kick off and it certainly did. And... Isn't that ironic that I went around the world and the place that feels the most at home is indeed, well, <laughs> you got it, home. This is my base. Anyways, so living out of a suitcase, people ask me all the time, how do you do it? You know, how can I do it? And I think, firstly, the first thing I noticed when I set out doing this thing seven years ago was that you go through suitcases. So if you're at a department store like TK Maxx or in the States like Marshall's Dress for Less or, you know, they always sell luggage there, don't touch that luggage. That luggage is cursed. Um, You want, this is the thing you want to spend the most money in when living out of a suitcase is the goddamn suitcase. You can't be a caravan traveler type if you have a crappy vehicle, right? So you got, this thing's got to be durable. Um, I think I spent years ago, I think I couldn't believe it at the time, but it was $700. So I I actually threw down some pretty good money and got this uh, tremendous suitcase with a lifetime warranty. Now, when you're traveling, as maybe you know, maybe you don't know, your suitcase is treated like shit at the airports. Um, there, it's thrown, like people at airports mistreat everything that's on that conveyor belt. So what you want to do is get a very secure, durable suitcase that could hold up to 50 pounds and you want a warranty on it. So um, if it, you know, it's going through airports, conveyor belts, and basically it's just being battered, right? Now, this is a game ender. If you break a wheel on the road, you are absolutely screwed. So you have to be Johnny on the spot and replace the wheels before they break. So that's one part of like your your upkeep of your house. So another thing is you have to get a thick passport. 
you can't just have a regular passport. You'll go through one in a whole year. So you need the extra pages passport. Now, some people sign up for frequent flyer miles like British Airways. Honestly, I've never signed up for Eric did that. But what it does is it you get frequent flyer miles and, and bonuses in the lounge and all that, but you have to always go to their to their company, right? So if there's a competing company and it's some, you know, ghetto flight, Air Europa, and it's a, you know, it's uh, $300 cheaper, basically I always felt like that extra $300 that you're, sp you're spending on BA to get frequent flyer miles, that all evens out is that you're paying for the lounge outright anyway, and you're paying for the, the one free flight a year that you would get. So, mis common misconception is that you have to order in advance. My European friends are really big on this. My British friends, like, oh, mate, you gotta, we gotta order the tickets, man. It's getting close. I'm like, it's a month away. I think that's a European thing. I've actually read articles about how um, booking a flight the day before is actually advantageous. So I flew once to Kenya for $700 round trip. That is $350 each way to East Africa from, I believe it was Los Angeles at the time. So that's a, oh, sorry, it was New York. It was on the second record. So that's $350 to get to, you know, something that borders Uganda and Somalia. That's crazy. So that was last minute. Another thing, get comfortable with apps. Look, Airbnb is, is amazing. Um, people do Zipcar. Um, people are doing city bikes here in New York. It's a service where there's just bikes all over the city. You've got to get comfortable with apps. If you're not good at a smartphone, your travel experience is going to be vastly compromised. So you got your suitcase. You got your extra fat passport. Um, you're not afraid to book last minute. Airbnb is your friend. I stayed in an Airbnb in uh, Nairobi. I did. I have stayed in one... I think in Asia, in Southeast Asia, like Cambodia and stuff, the hotels are so reasonable that I never had to. But, you know, before I was waiting for this apartment, I had nowhere to go. So I'm like writing you guys and doing podcasts and doing everything from like Airbnbs. You can rent them for a month. Uh, you could rent them for three months. You could rent them for three days. You could rent them for one day. It really helps. And you could do it all through your phone, which is nice. Back in the day, you had to get currency. You had to... Uh, stand in line now you can just like just zing it through your mobile phone now this is interesting i'm getting ready for tour i'm leaving on monday i'm coming to see you guys for festivals and i'm sitting here like holy shit i've got to do some shopping you want to know into some next level shit my friends are literally telling me amazon so i just jumped on amazon and order socks batteries instrument cables so they're delivering it me uh, delivering it to me within 48 hours so I think this is another game changer. Um, the map quest, or like just Google Maps is so key, right? So I'm going to be flying into Madrid to get my motorcycle. And from Madrid, I'm going up to Bilbao. And I need to know some routes, just for a quick reference, without having to use a GPS or sat-nav. I can just jump on my Google Maps, look at a distance, guesstimate how many hours it's going to take for me to ride there and so once again the smartphone comes into play it's like so key for the traveler but you have to work with it and not against it so also i want to talk about in today's podcast is uh onward fest 
I have been working with uh, a few really amazing onwarders out there, um, actually a couple, and we've just been going back and forth trying to find land, and what we're shooting for is June of next year, July of next year. We've bandied back and forth some different options. It was looking like perhaps Scotland or, or um, England. I am suggesting northern Spain. I have a friend there that has some land, and I wanted to just give you a brief update. Um, it, it's not a foolproof plan, but we, my friend has gone down to town hall, and he's uh, requested this, the use of this land for approximately, I don't know, a hundred of us. How many people would pop over? We've checked out flights. It's, you know, roughly 60 quid, I think, to jump over from England for, for people in Britain. Um, Ireland, I would imagine it would be something comparable, maybe 50 euro. Um, in Europe, obviously, you could get over there pretty easy and it would be to the uh, either Bilbao Airport or Santander. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get to Madrid, jump on my bike, and zip up there and, and check in with my friend about this town hall meeting that he had about so for the festival. Um, other than that, like I said, I'm doing something completely different this year. I am riding my motorbike all the way overland from festival to festival. So my first stop is um, Austria. So I'm going from Madrid to Austria, Austria to Lucerne, Lucerne to Germany, to Hamburg. So just bear with me if I look completely haggard, but I've got a tent. I'm excited about everything. I'm excited about things. I got myself a sat nav. And what this will allow me to do, which I've never been able to do, I've never stayed at a festival, which is crazy, right? So I'm going to have my motorbike. I'm probably going to be in the art, keep it in the artist area. But what I can do is plop a tent down, you know, wherever I want. I could pull out my, you know, my acoustic guitar, play through the night, check out a couple bands and get to be on your side of the fence. Um, which is crazy because I've always had to be in the artist area and we got to get the hell out of there because we got to make it to blah, blah, blah. And we got to catch a flight and blah, 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 blah. So this is actually really exciting for me. Not to mention, you know, what's really nice about motorbiking is you could literally feel the topography um, in, in the landscape. So, you you know, you go down to a creek bed that, you know, the, the, the street or road dips down. You could feel the temperature drop, you know, and you're up on a high peak. You feel the sun like feels more fierce in your back. Um, you go through a, a shady glen and all of a sudden it's cooler. It's just a really nice way to see the world. And I'm really excited to go through the Alps. I'm excited for Switzerland, uh, Lake Geneva. I'm excited for France. I'm excited for Northern Spain. So um, other than that, I've been doing really well. You know, I've moved into this place. I like the way it feels. It's fucking expensive, which I hate. But I don't think there's an option for me to live in this city without just accepting that fact. I know London, Dublin, it's Paris, it's all gotten a little crazy. But, you know, I'm, I was talking to my friend Motorcycle Pete. Um, he owns a shop in the neighborhood, good buddy. And he's like, you know what, Bill? All you can do is work harder. <laughs> Rather than go the other direction of trying to live in a smaller place in some place, you know, some far off, uh, you know, suburb or something where you can afford it like why don't you just live here where you belong and work harder so that's what i'm going to do when in doubt work it out um okay friends i'm really excited i'm thrilled to see you and thank you guys um for the feedback uh this is my onward podcast thank you for listening i will see you at the festivals and we are 
working on the Onward Festival. Last thing on Onward Fest, if you have any ideas for land, you know, this could fall through. Um, it's going to take a lot of planning, port shuttles, things like that. My, my idea with this is to keep the cost so low that it's pretty much free. Now, this sounds crazy, but my, my agent, my booking agent, Ben, in, in England, he suggested a boat, which is not impossible. People have done it. Um, he was suggesting um, even France. So if you have an idea of land and this doesn't work out, it, it never hurts to have options, right? And if you feel like you can uh, get stuck in and add something to the festival, um, let me know. We've got some time, you know, but the idea is that we all kind of chip in. And I, I wanted, I had an idea about workshops, like maybe we just had a list, a little bit of a schedule every day from one to two. It's, you know, Bob's banjo workshop from two to three. It's, you know, someone's storytelling workshop from four to five. It's, you know, I'd like to do personally a Bloody Mary workshop uh, for my European friends because you're really fucking missing out. But that's the kind of interactive experience I'm looking for. So let the ideas flow. Um, Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope I didn't uh, bend your ear too much. And I'll see you out there. And um, some surprises coming. Uh, We'll leave it at that. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Onward with William McCarthy. Be well. Talk soon.